0: Wow. Worship was off the chart. Whatever campus you're at, whether it's Anderson County or Campbell County or Blunt County or North Knoxville or Pellissippi, you're with us on the internet. Wherever you're at, we're thrilled that you're with us. And we are so excited about what God is up to. Let me tell you what I believe is, is we have really been seeking the Lord in prayer. And we really believe that God is about to give us our greatest season ever at Faith Promise. We are moving the second half of this year. We believe revival is going to break out. We believe his spirit is going to be poured out at all of our campuses. And what we have to do is two things. We've got to believe and we've got to receive. Anybody in the house believe with me? Can you guys receive as God gets ready to move? Now, part of the problem with that is what Jesus experienced when he went back to his hometown, he had been raising the dead and doing miracles, and Jesus shows up at his hometown, and they are, the Bible says, they were greatly offended by him. Who does he think he is? We know his mom, we know Joseph, we know his kids. And, the, and Jesus was shocked, and the scripture says Jesus did not do any great miracles. He healed only a couple of people because of the hardest of their hearts and because they had so little faith. See, we've got to believe our God can, and our God will, and our God is. And we live in East Tennessee, and we got this oppressive spirit that sort of resides over this region. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They're sort of oppressive. And what we do is we end up receiving that oppressive spirit. And God wants to move in us and through us. And God wants to pour his spirit. But because we don't believe it, we can't receive it. And we've got to be ready to receive what God is up to. His spirit is moving. He's trying to bless people. He, but people are just saying, well, not me. And God can't bless me. And God can't move in my job. And God can't move. And God doesn't do this. And, and we end up literally tying the hands of God as he wants to pour his spirit out upon us because we don't believe. Does that make sense? And so I don't know about you, but I am ready to receive all that God wants to do. Holy Spirit, would you fall among us this weekend at all seven campuses, God, in all 14 services, would you pour your spirit out? Would you make your fame known? And would you, God, expose us to, to the spiritual war and how we can walk in victory in the funhouse in jesus name we pray and all God's people said and i don't know about you but i've never been more excited about the series and all this god is doing as we continue on with the funhouse we all know what it's like to lay on that bed of nails don't we life seems to be going okay then the next thing you know you turn around and man, crap has happened, and you're, you're just consumed, and the funhouse has sort of nabbed you, and, and it's very difficult. If this is your first weekend, we're in a series called Funhouse. And it's a series about spiritual war and the warfare that we are engaged in because we live in this world, this cosmos, the Bible calls it, this world system set up to function completely and perfectly without God. Now, with that in mind, let me ask you a question. If you're listening, Sam, what would you do if you, were, if you were in the service, you're in the military, and you're flying a mission, and your plane is hit, and you have to parachute out? But your great fear is that you are behind enemy lines. You land, you pull out your map, you get your compass, and to your heart and chagrin, you realize that you are many clicks behind enemy lines. You also realize that the enemy had you on their radar and they know now that you have gone down and the enemy has sent their soldiers out to comb the countryside to find you. The dogs are out. They're out and man, they are hunting for you. And you know that if they capture you, you'll be tortured and then you'll be executed. Now with that in mind, let me ask you a question. Would you act normal if you parachuted in if you were behind enemy lines? Would you act like you do every other day? no. You do what the Bible calls, you'd be on full alert. You'd be looking, you'd be seeking, you'd be hiding, you'd be stealthy. And man, you'd try to be, you know, you, you'd just be out there moving around behind enemy lines, trying to make it to back, to where, to, to friendly territory. Our thesis of the series is 1 John five nineteen that says this, but we know that we are of God. Anybody here of God? may have got, so we know that we are of God and that we also know that the whole world lies in the power of who? The evil one, Satan. We know the whole world lies in his power. It says in James 4, 4, friendship with the world, the cosmos, the funhouse is hostility towards God. So we, we know that the Bible is clear that we're in a war, that we are warned over and over again that, that we don't need to be enge- that, that we need to be careful because we're behind enemy lines. Does this make sense? Are y'all with me? So now if I'm behind enemy lines, let me tell you the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna be hunting for people that have the same kind of uniform I'm wearing. I'm hunting for my team, wouldn't y'all? And let me tell you, you found your team this morning, it's called the church. We, the people of God, are called to gather together before we scatter. We're the people of God, and you're on the right team when you come and you gather with the people of God at church. Now, some of you aren't yet. You've not been born again yet, and that's okay. We want you to keep coming. You're considering people are inviting you, and you're you're wrestling with this whole faith issue, so we want you to keep coming. But for many of us, this is our team. And not only do we need to get with, 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 with our soldiers that are on our side, but I, we also need a group of people, a band of brothers, a band of sisters that will surround us because the fun house is against us. Would you all agree with that? Yes. They were engaged in this warfare. Therefore, you should never do it alone. You need a band of people. We call them small groups to surround you, to get your, to be on your six, to have your back, to pray for you, to walk with you, to help you. And when, and when the enemy launches a missile at you, you can hold your shield of faith and extinguish the flaming darts, the arrows, the evil one, but you've got people around you that are helping you. See, the problem is when you try to walk through the funhouse alone, you're in trouble. Does that make sense? Do we need each other? Desperately, because we're in this funhouse. Now, we need to realize that we're going to stay behind enemy lines until we get to familiar or friendly territory. For us, where is the friendly territory? Heaven. Heaven. As long as we're here, 1 John 5, 19, the whole world lies in the power of who? Who? The evil one. So we're behind enemy lines. We're gathered together. Man, we've prayed angels around this building, and God has drawn you and all of our other campuses, and, and we've worshipped and, and we're having a little R and R, but we're still in this world. And, and we're gonna, until we get to heaven, we're gonna be in this war, this war zone. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. It says this, and again, First John is such a great book to deal with, with the cosmos or the funhouse. Do not love the funhouse, nor the things in the funhouse. For if anyone loves the funhouse, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the funhouse, the world, the lust of flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world, energized by the enemy. The world is passing away, and also its lust, but the one who does the will of God lives Forever. And so as we've been walking through this spiritual warfare series, we've been giving you handles about how to have victory. If you missed last weekend, get a free, D, uh, free DVD, get a free CD, go online, you can download it for free, podcast it for free, and listen last weekend because God gave us some, some great ideas about how we can walk in victory. I want to give you, for me, the, the greatest way, that not that I win every battle, don't hear me, but the greatest way that, that I walk in victory and realize daily where I am, and it's Hebrews 12. Verses 1 through 3. Let me read this for you. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and run the race with endurance that is set before us, fixing our eyes on on who? On who? On Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne. For consider him... Who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. It is a great formula for victory, and we should never lose heart, even though we're in the funhouse, we're being bombarded, we're facing all this stuff. Now, let me give you a context for the book of Hebrews. We believe, or many believe, that the Apostle Paul wrote this book, it's the only one that's in question. And the book is written to Hebrew Christians in the first century. They are under horrible persecution from the Romans, from the Jews, from everyone around. They are being thrown in prison. They're being martyred. They're being killed. They're being hung. They're being sawn in half. They're being fed to the animals in in the Roman amphitheater. And all this is going on. And so a letter is dispatched to these Hebrew Christians in the funhouse, in this horrible situation. And the first 10 chapters deal with Jesus and that Jesus is better than everything else. He's better than Moses, he's better than the angels, he's better than the old covenant, he's a better sacrifice, on and on and on. So these believers will know that they do not, they're not believing in vain. And then we get to chapter 11, which we call the Hall of Fame of Faith. And it is a list of brothers and sisters, of, of people of God who won the battle against the funhouse. They beat all the odds and they beat the funhouse. Why? Because they were faith walkers. They saw the funhouse for what it really is, smoke and mirrors, isn't it? See, the world will promise and promise and never deliver. God will promise and he will never deceive. And so who are we going to believe? Who are we going to trust? Let me just give you some verses out of Hebrews 11, starting in uh, verse 6. let Let's Just look at some of the things it says about how to win. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. What do we have to have to please God? We have to have faith. We're gonna, that's the crux of this, this message. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Verse 10, about Abraham, he was looking for the city which had foundations, whose architect and builder was God. Leave leave all this opulence and wealth, and I want you to go, and I want you to find a better place, a better city. Not the fun house, but the father's house. Verse 13, it continues on. All these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and welcomed them from a distance— and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on earth. This is not our home, is it? Man, we're on our way where? Where? To heaven. We're just passing through. Have you ever gone to a hotel room and painted it? (laughs) Have you ever gone in front of the Halloween and weeded the flower beds? (laughs) Well, that's crazy talk. Why? Because it's not mine. This is not ours. We're passing through on our way where? But we get so focused in the smoke and mirrors that the world so garners our attention. They're exiles from the earth. Look at verse 16. But as it is, they desired a better country. That is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Look at verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure the ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Moses said, Not only do I see the fun house, but I am the king in the fun house. I am wealthy, I live in the palace, but I would rather go over and suffer shame with the people of God than to be sucked into the passing pleasures of sin. And let's be very clear, folks sin is fun. Are you with me? I can remember when I first got saved, and people said, Well, it's no fun to go out there. I said, You hadn't been out there in a long time. It's fun out there. Come on, let's be real. Why do we, you know, why'd you go to Cotton Eye Joe's this weekend? It's fun. I mean, you were part of a spirit It wasn't the Holy Spirit, but you had some spirits. How does He know? God told me. I'm thinking about using your name. And so, And so Moses, but rather than the passing pleasure of sin, verse 26, for consider the reproach of Christ, greater riches, suffering shame for Jesus, greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking for a reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured at seeing him who is unseen. Smoke and mirrors, bull, God, real. I see it, I get it. Verse 38, I love this verse. Men of whom this world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the grounds, all these having gained approval through their what? Their faith, did not receive what was promised because God had provided something better for us. So, so he gives us all this litany. So how do we win? These guys won. How do we win in the funhouse? Well, we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. This is how we do it. Look over to, look, flip over to, to John. To, to 1 John 5, 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the fun house. Anybody born of God in the house? Anybody, come on. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith, for the one who overcomes the world is he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. How do we do it? Well, this is what we do. Hebrews chapter 12, it says, lay aside every encumbrance and the sin that so easily entangles us and run the race of the endurance that is set before us. Let me give you just some thoughts out of these three verses. Number one, what do we do? We recognize we're in a race. And so if we're going to win the race, it is set before us for Jesus. The first thing we've got to do, we've got to lay aside. We have got to put off. We have got to renounce the funhouse and the things of the funhouse so that we can please the one who enlisted us as a soldier. What do we lay aside? We lay aside every encumbrance. An encumbrance is a burden or a bulk or a weight. Now let's be real. Come on. We're faith promised. We're raw and real. You know what it's like to be burdened down by the world? Anybody know? Man, you just wake up one day and, man, you're running 90 hours a week and it is from can to cane and I'm at every ball game and recital and the kids are doing homework and, man, I'm working overtime and I'm not spending any time with my spouse or, man, I got this or I got to work overtime or I don't have a job and I've got all this crap and now I got all these bills or if I don't have any bills, I don't have any time and I've got all this going on and we look around and we say, cow gone. Take me away. How did I get on this bed of nails? How did I get consumed? See, we all know what the burdens of the funhouse are like. It said, lay aside every every encumbrance and every sin which so easily entangles us. To be entangled means to be skillfully surrounded. We're in the funhouse, aren't we? Amen. And we are skillfully surrounded by the smoke and mirrors of the devil. Listen, he's been doing it for thousands of years. He is good at his job. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen? And he's good at it. And now we're in there, except we forgot we're behind enemy lines and we live like it doesn't matter. And then we wonder why. Man, we turn around and we're at the divorce court, or we turn around and our kids, and we, we look at all, we say, How did we get here? What happened? We took our eyes off Jesus and we put him on the funhouse. Does that make sense? And so it says this, that we're to run the race that's set before us. Run this race with endurance. Endurance means patience or constance. It means to not swaver from the purpose with which you have been called. It means running, not, not looking behind you, but it means running for Jesus. So let me tell you what we are today. Oh, you're going to get this. Are you, if you're ready, say I'm ready. Yeah. We're great sprinters. Listen, for seven days I can do a diet with the best of them. I can eat pine cones and lychees, and, and man, I can, you know, I can, man, I can do ad kids and man, for seven days. I can run, baby. I mean, man, I am in it. I am dropping weight, and I am at Kingsing Pike and North Shore, and I'm at the red light, and all of a sudden, I'm looking to the left, and oh, the hot sign comes on, that Krispy Kreme. And listen, listen, God is in it. Because a minute ago, it was off. But at the very time that God led me right here, there came the sign, and I could feel the an in the car rolled into the Krispy Kreme. And I got me a dozen, and they melted in my mouth, and there was no sugar in them. <laughs> See, we can, we can run for seven days. And then next thing you know, we're 20 pounds every cent. Dear God, where did this come from? Your big, fat mouth and your head in a bucket of Rocky Road. That's where it came from. See, we can, are y'all know what I'm talking about? Man, for seven days. I mean, the chariots of fire, man, we can, we can run, and then we're turn around. We do it spiritually, too. January 1, man, we are going to be Apostle Pauls. We, buy, we get a new Bible for Christmas. We're going to wear it out. We're going to memorize verses. We're going to fast. We're going to be a word warrior. We get up January 1, and, man, we're in the Word. We read the whole book of Genesis. And man, we are in it, and we're reading. By the end of the third week, we can't even find our Bible. See, wait, just a minute. (sighs) See, what's the deal? See, we're good sprinters, but we're not good marathon runners. The picture that is painted for us in Hebrews 12 is to run this race with endurance. It's to keep running this race, not swerving from the purpose with great patience, Con- consistency does this make sense but see we're, we're we're doing good come on we're doing good and then you just wake up one day and the funhouse has sucked you in and we say I'm not, requ- I'm not how did i get here what happened it happens to all of us it happens to all of us so what does it say it says fixing our eyes on who on who what do we do with our eyes Fix them. Let's say it together. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. One more time. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. The word fixing means to turn your focus from one thing to another thing. From the fun house to the Father's house. From the world to the Word. From the flesh to the Spirit. Are you with me? And See, that's how we're going to win because we're going to rivet, fix our eyes on Jesus. In verse 3 it says, consider him. I love that. You want a meditation thought when you wake up in the morning? Consider Jesus, consider his life, consider his birth, virgin birth. Consider his life, consider his ministry and his teaching. Consider his horrific death for you and me. Consider the fact that Jesus walked out of the grave on Easter Sunday morning. Men, consider him who endured such hostility at the hands of sinners, why for us? Consider Christ. But Moses said he considered the reproach of Christ greater than all the riches of Egypt. And so we got to fix our eyes on Jesus. Come on. Why? So that we would not grow weary and lose heart and be sucked in. You say, Pastor, I got this. I understand what you're saying. But see, we pay you to be spiritual. You study the Bible every day. And, man, I could be spiritual too if I had your job. And probably it would help you. And 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 yet you don't understand. I gotta be at work at six. Man, I got kids and they got football and they got camps and they got, you know, my daughter's in cheerleading and we've got these band recitals and we've got band camp and we've got to go to these games and now we got homework and we're buying school supplies and I gotta work overtime and I got this and I got that and on and on and on and on. You just don't understand how difficult it is. And I got it, I understand that. I understand it. There's no doubt about it. Let me ask you a question. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Ready. Will God keep his promises? Okay, now, you said that way too fast. (laughs) Will will God really keep his promises? Then why in the crud do you worry? See, because you worry because you don't think God's going to keep his promises. See, God's come through every time before, right? But you don't think he's going to come through this time. Because, see, if you worry, then you don't believe God's going to come through. Is that fair? See, I don't have to worry because my mother loves to. And so I call her. Hey, Mom, things are bad. Go ahead. (laughs) And so Michelle would say, Chris, are you worried? No, Mom's got that covered. Listen, if you just have to worry, do it Thursday night at 9 o'clock. And when people call, wait, dude, I'm worrying, man. i got 30 more minutes. Leave me alone. That's not going to help, is it? Is it? And yet, come on, how many of us worry? See, this is the deal. We're so worried that God is not going to keep his promise, that things are not going to come true, that we get so consumed with a fun house and not the Father's house because we don't really think God's going to do it. That's the deal. That's why we're consumed. It says in Philippians 4.19, And my God shall supply some of your needs. Oh, no, no. Come on. No, no. Some. A few. A little. Does all mean All. In the Greek, it says all and it means all. So, do we really believe God's going to supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory? You're afraid to answer, aren't you? So, I would be too if I was you. See, come on, but we're worried. Why? Because it's going to help. We're worried because we don't know if God's going to come through. And so, I've got to worry and I've got to focus and I've got to be consumed with my job or I've got to be consumed with the world because I'm not sure God is going to come through. And he said, Chris, that's so asinine. What are you talking about? I'm talking about how we all live every day. This is is why I entitled this message Faith Walkers, because this is what we do. Now, can God bless you? Can God provide for you? Can God open doors that nobody can can close? Then we just got to trust God in the midst of it. And Jesus preached his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. We find the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is just pile-driving how we live and why we don't walk in faith and why the funhouse consumes us. He said in 624, Matthew, nobody can serve two masters, for he will hate the one to love the other, or he will be devoted to one to despise the other. You can't serve God in money. You can't serve God in wealth. The Bible says that wealth chokes out the word of God, the deceitfulness of riches, doesn't it? Now, listen, God can make us rich. See, we can have money. We just don't need to have money have us. We can have things. Things just can't have us. If we realize it's all God's and we're a steward of all that God has given us and God can put uh, his resources through us wherever he wants, then God's free to blow our socks off. Amen? And I thank God that we've got some great entrepreneurs. We've got some great business leaders. We've got some people that have been given the gift of making money, and thank God they make it, and thank God they give it, because some of y'all don't. Are you in? in? Okay, I'm not going to talk about that. Let's just ignore that last comment back that up, okay, here we go, see, it, it, so he goes on, it, it, after that he says, for this reason I say to you, don't be worried about your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, or your body is what you can put on it, is not life more than uh, food in the body, more than clothing, look at the birds of the air, they don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather in barns, and yet your heavenly father feeds them, are you not worth much more than they, isn't God going to give you clothes, isn't he, matter of fact, most of you have got a closet full, you got it. Some in the attic. You've got others in totes, and many of you have rented an extra storage because there's not room at your house to put all your clothes, and you got a storage room for more of your clothes. Is that right? Yeah. You don't like this, do you? <laughs> That's just the way I feel about that. I said that with all the love I could muster. And so, this is the deal. Don't be worried. About, and why being worried? Can you add a single hour to your life? Can you? Can you? And why are you worried about clothing? As of the lilies of the field, how they t- they don't toil, they don't spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory was clothed like one of these. But if God clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today, thrown in the fire, fire the furnace, will he not much more clothed? You owe you have little what? Oh, a little what? Then don't be worried, saying, "What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear?" For the Gentiles seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow, will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So the key. Let me tell you how to how to win the faith. Are you ready? are you listening? If you're listening, I am. Some of you're mad. You're going to get glad. and Pat, you got mad at. It. It's all right. See, faith walkers live, Matthew 6, 33, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and God's going to add all this other stuff to you. You're starting a business, and you're starting it for the Lord, and, man, your purpose is, and God's going to, listen, man, God's going to bless that business. God's going to bless that family. God's going to bless your group. God's going to bless that because we're faith walkers. Hebrews 11 people walked by faith in the funhouse and one They were fo- fixing our eyes on Jesus in the middle of the funhouse. Look at us. Look at us, Faith Promise. We beat all the odds. A bunch of ragtag radicals in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, that decided they wanted God to build a church that would shake the very foundations of East Tennessee. Whoever thunk it? Meeting in a, meeting in a mall and then buying a dirty little billard on Iroquois and then calling me and Michelle. And we came in, two other radicals, and then we went to one service to two services to three services. Then we put students somewhere else. Then we moved to the mall and we're multi-site in the mid-90s when nobody knew what it was. And then we move up here and people said, you can't move out of Oak Ridge. They said, we got we to move and we're up here and we've expanded this building five times. And then three years ago, we started the Blunt County campus and people said, listen, you can't do satellites. Nobody will watch preaching on video. Well, 2,000 of them will today in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. Somebody. And people are being saved at those campuses and delivered at those campuses. Man, I might not get to spit on them, but they get to hear the word of God. <laughs> Me and Michelle, look at us. Dirt, dirt poor. We graduate seminary, God exiles us to South Louisiana. Exiles. We went to you to get to where we were, you had to go nowhere and hang a left. Six and a half years, not one church called. Nobody knew about us. I said, Michelle, we're gonna die down here with these Cajuns. <laughs> now we'll be fat, thank God for that, because those people know how to put on the grub. <laughs> But I said we're gonna die out here. She said, "Chris, God's big enough." No, we're in nowhere. We're no man. There's no way. And I wanted to be in a bigger city, and a bigger place, to win more people to Jesus. She said, "Chris, you gotta trust God." And then all of a sudden, the phone rings. People of Oak Ridge, hey, come up here. We're gonna do a great work for God. See, God can beat all the odds. Do you believe God loves, us to, loves to bless His kids? Yeah. Psalms 127, Unless the Lord builds the house, they that labor build in vain. It's vain to rise early in the morning and eat the better of painful labors till night, for God will, make you, God will bless you while you're asleep. We've got to, re- we got to receive what God's trying to release on us. Does this make sense? We've got to be in a position to receive what God wants to do, how God wants to move. Man, don't live in worry and fret and fear and anxiety. Walk by faith today. You say, but you don't understand, I have cancer. I may die and go to heaven. To heaven. There are no thorns. There don't no work. There's no nothing but glory and wonder and God up there. Threaten me with ecstasy. We'll put you in prison. That's what they told Paul. Well, good. I got two more guards I needed to witness to that I didn't get to while I was there last time. We will beat you. Good. Because the, this president saw us not to be compared to the glory that is coming. What does the fun house have on us? Nothing. Come on, church. Man, let's walk in victory. I'm not talking about dead religion. Dead religion killed Jesus. I talk about a live vibrant walk in faith with the living God of heaven and will walk through this fun house in victory. Man, somebody help me. So this is the deal. Thousand people in this room. Do you think there's some people in this room never been born again? Come on, you know you are. You know it. God knows it. You've been struggling with it. And it's time for you to step over the line. And if you're ready, say hey, Chris, man, I don't understand. I don't know if I'm really saved, but man, I'm ready to take the step of faith. I'm ready to give my heart to Jesus. That's you. I'm gonna pray for you and with you. Just lift your hand up. Come on, just lift it up. Don't come on. Don't, just lift it up. Here we go. Right here, right here, right here. Come on in the back. Right here and here. Come on. Where else? Back here. Over here. Come on. Hallelujah. Woo! Woo! We to have some new birth in the house. Man, Jesus is getting out the pen. He's about to write some names in the Lamb's Book of Life. Woo! Come on, that's good. Woo! Man, if I was black, I could get into it about right now. I'm going to get me an organ up here and somebody in here else to play it. Are you all know what I'm talking about? woo in the house I got. So, I'm sorry, I don't know where that came from. It's in here and it's trying to get out. And so so right now, church, let's pray with those folks who raised their hand. Let's just pray this out loud and say, Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. I confess you as my Lord. I'm going to fix my eyes on you. Write my name in your book. You died for me. You rose from the grave. And by faith, I'll live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said. Somebody give God some praise in the house. Now, some of you are stuck on the bed of nails, aren't you? You're stuck. The world has surrounded you. You don't know how you got where you're at, but you want to be set free so that you can walk with eyes wide open, fixed on Jesus. Hey, pastor, pray for me. I don't know how I got where I am, but I need God to lift up your hand. Come on. Are we family? Listen, y'all like hypocrites? Then don't be one. So if that's you, man, just raise your hand. Come on, man, I, I need God. I, I'm still, come on, hold it up. Come on, hold it up. High. Hold it up, hold it up. Every section, come on, hold it up. God. We raise our hands in confession that we're struggling. This fun house has attracted us. It's attacked us, and it's trying to ruin us. And in Jesus' name, would you set us free? Would you breathe Ezekiel 37, the breath of God on us? Would you fill us with the Holy Spirit? Would you move in power, move in glory, move in victory? And let us walk as Hebrew 11, word walkers, faith walkers. We believe it. We receive it. And in Jesus' name, we're going to walk it. And all God's people said, amen. Give God praise one more time. Now listen, you know some people that should have been here this weekend. Have we had fun? It's been fun. You say a little some Well, yeah, that's all right. But do you know some people should have been here? Man said they could have been here. Bring them next weekend. We got one more weekend of fun house. Bring them. Let's fill those stadium seats for the glory of God. Bring them next weekend. People are going back to school. They're getting sort of back in the routine. Call them. Tell them they can't miss it. Tell them to catch up the first three weeks or whatever. Bring them. Bribe them. Buy them lunch. Buy them brunch. Buy them breakfast. Whatever it takes. Get them next weekend. And so listen, you can take your communication card. If you lift your hand and prayed with me to receive Christ, man, either come down and tell one of these pastors, come on down, guys, gals. You can, there are going to be people to pray with you when we dismiss or take the communication card in front of you. Fill it out, put in the offering boxes, and you can put it there where many people put their tithes and offerings. Most of our people give online, but you can, you can put it in there and let us know how we can help you guess if you'll put it in there, and then next weekend, be here as we conclude this thing. I'm thrilled about it. You probably hadn't noticed I'm excited, but I'm telling you, man, I want to be excited for God, don't You? I don't want to be a dead, man, dead church member. I want to be a live, radical Christ follower. So these folks are going to be here this week, walk in faith and in victory, overcome the world, walk with your eyes wide open, fixed on Jesus, and God's going to do some things this week that's going to rock your world. Be blessed. See you guys next week, and we love you in Jesus' name.